Hello, welcome to the latest podcast from The Lancet Neurology. Today we're going to be talking about obesity and I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Eva Feldman. Doctor, please would you introduce yourself? Again, my name is Eva Feldman and I'm a professor of neurology uh, at the University of Michigan and I've spent 25 years of my career looking at the neurological consequences of diabetes and most recently obesity. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Feldman. We'll get straight on. Uh, what is the clinical definition of obesity, and how can clinicians assess if a patient is obese? So obesity now uh, most easily is defined by what's known as a, a body mass index, and uh, that's calculated by a physician, or you yourself can calculate it easily uh, on a computer by knowing uh, how many kilograms you weigh and what your height is in meters. And so is an index where uh, kilograms are divided by um, meters squared. And so a BMI of 25 to 29 is defined as uh, overweight, and a a BMI of greater than 30 kilograms is defined as obese. And then if you have a BMI of more than 40 kilograms, it's defined as morbidly obese. So clinicians uh, have in their office uh, a chart, and once you're weighed at your uh, doctor's office then and your height is known, then your BMI can be calculated. But these charts are also uh, avail- easily available online. So it's a very broad question, but why do people get obese? Well, that's actually a broad but very interesting question. You know, it's estimated that about 2.1 billion individuals are either overweight or obese currently. Uh, in the United States and across the world. So certainly not limited to the U.S., but across the world. And it's known that genetic background can predispose certain individuals uh, to develop obesity. And there are certain ethnic groups that are more likely to develop obesity. But clearly there are many uh, factors uh, that have uh, arisen in the last 50 years that are driving the obesity uh, pandemic. And that is that uh, what's available now are these processed, affordable, uh, heavily marketed, very highly palatable, energy-dense foods. So they're very highly caloric and they're very cheap. And that is coupled with a really substantial increased sedentary lifestyle, particularly across all the Western, uh, con- westernized uh, countries, but also uh, across now uh, Asia. So coupling, uh, you know, the change in lifestyle, the cheap, high caloric, uh, dense food, um, and the fact that this is really globally now available, obesity is clearly a pan- pandemic. So moving towards a more clinical outlook, uh, what, what would you say are the main effects of obesity on the central nervous system? Well, it's really quite worrisome because obesity, it's clear that uh, obesity uh, mediates cognitive deficits. And by that, I mean that people who are obese, it's clearly been shown now, have more difficulty doing simple memory tasks. They can have difficulties in what we call spatial learning. So remembering uh, where an object is, they uh, have a increased propensity actually to develop over time frank dementia or Alzheimer's disease. It's known uh, that if a person is obese and then develops diabetes, his chance of uh, developing Alzheimer's disease is two times greater than an individual who does not uh, have obesity and is the same gender and age. So in the central nervous system, obesity clearly mediates 
moderate and then over time severe trouble with a simple cognitive function, which can then lead to impairment of people being able to just live normally, activities of daily living. No, absolutely. And so what about in the peripheral nervous system? So in the peripheral nervous system, it's actually a very interesting story. And it what, and it's a story that made us first interested in obesity. People who are obese, the very distal tips of their nerves in their feet become quite inflamed and irritated and extremely painful. And was that, and that was actually that that got us interested in my laboratory in understanding why uh, obesity actually causes uh, nervous system uh, abnormalities or nervous system impairments. So in the peripheral nervous system, what obesity does is cause inflammation of the very distal nerves in the feet, a condition known as neuropathy. And over time, these distal nerves then begin to not function well. And over time, then the foot becomes insensate and numb. And in extreme cases, patients then go on from obesity to diabetes to having severe neuropathy and eventually ulcer formation and even amputation. But initially, it's an extremely painful, painful condition of the feet. Can targeting obesity have beneficial neurological effects? Yes, it can. You know, there have been several studies, both in the uh, central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system, that have uh, shown that if you can target obesity, defined as losing weight, there can be an improvement in uh, both central and peripheral nervous system function. So specifically, there are studies that have shown that if an obese uh, man or woman can lose weight and keep that weight off over an extended period of time, so greater than one year, there's a clear improvement in their ability to think, in their ability to remember, and in their ability to perform tasks. And that's, I think, very important because there's also even some new data that shows that not only is there improvement in nervous system function, but if you do an MRI looking imaging the patient's brain, you can even see an improvement in nervous system structure. And in parallel, if you look at the peripheral nervous system, um, we completed a study where patients over a period of one year lost 7% of their body weight and also underwent an exercise program. So there was a clear improvement uh, in all their obesity parameters. And with that, what happened is they had a significant decrease in pain, and also we were able to actually quantitate an improvement in their peripheral nerve function. So what I think is a very important point is that the uh, adverse effects of obesity on the nervous system, both in the brain and the peripheral nerves, so both in your ability to think and in your ability to uh, feel, the adverse effects can be reversed with with sustained uh, weight loss, at least initially. So very important that people keep that in mind. So in your opinion, what's the most interesting ongoing clinical research in these areas, and what are the most urgent questions that need to be answered? Well, I think that there's some very interesting clinical research now that's comparing bariatric surgery to medical weight loss. The problem with medical weight loss, which we just um, discussed, uh, because of all the positive effects of medical weight loss, is it's very difficult for individuals to sustain medical weight loss. 
So what the data would show is that greater than 50%, even up to 75% of individuals who lose weight frequently regain that weight and sometimes, in fact, frequently go over uh, the initial weight and even end up with a greater weight. However, uh, individuals who undergo bariatric surgery after they sustain a weight loss are much more likely to keep that weight off and have a sustained weight loss. So studies are now comparing the effects of medical weight loss to bariatric surgery to, uh, to understand if uh, one is more effective than the other. Um, and it appears that bariatric surgery can clearly be effective in reversing the adverse effects on the nervous system. Now, while one can't, you know, I think, one can't advocate bariatric surgery for you know large large numbers of the population for those who are morbidly obese clearly that i think is uh, an idea over medical weight loss and also there's interesting new studies that show that it, that families are obese together so if a mother is obese it's much more likely that the children will be obese and that the spouse will be obese so if one person in the family has bariatric surgery, there's now data to show that other individuals in the family will also lose weight. So it could be that you know targeting and better understanding who might benefit from surgical weight loss uh, and seeing if that can be uh, implemented more effectively and, cheap and, and less expensively in large cohorts um, is a is I think very interesting and a very exciting piece of research that's currently occurring. And it has a large, I think, public health benefit and importance. Well, a fascinating overview. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Feldman. Okay, and thank you so much for having me.